Hello, all. This is Blonde-Haired Girl. I want to apologize. Um, my the the podcast I put out last was terrible. <laughs> God, it was so bad. I'm so sorry. I was spewing out all kinds of ignorance. I'm like, I I can't believe I actually published that. Uh, I was uh I was out of town this weekend. I had gone uh down to a wedding. I actually went to a wedding of somebody, a family that was very dear to me that I've known for quite a few years. I'm not sure how long. And um, and so I was honored to be invited to their wedding. So I went to the wedding and then I stayed at my niece's and it was just all kinds of craziness. But I finally had the opportunity to listen to it and I just was like, I, 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 I just erased it. It's gone. <laughs> It's just gone. I'm like, oh my God. I just, um, I mean, I think the point was, is that, is that the bigger point was, is that we get all kinds of information these days and a lot of it is false information. It's just not, it's not even, it's not even like, it's, it's not true, you know, and, and this is a lot coming from somebody like me who talks about, I haven't for a long time but talks about truth is a really weird thing because there are times where two seemingly incongruent things can be happening at the same time. Like, you know, I I don't know if I've talked about this, but recently I had heard this guy, I think it was, I'm sorry, on a TikTok, and he was talking about, he did, I think it was a TED Talk. So it was a TikTok about a guy's TED Talk. And he was talking about he was doing these scientific experiments and that he found that these atoms were still in waves at the same time. And and he said he couldn't believe what he was seeing because he, he didn't know that that was even a possibility, but he, but he was actually able to see it under a microscope, I guess, um, and it must have been one powerful microscope. But um, anyway, so I thought that was fascinating. But so things can be, what I'm trying to say is if something can be a wave and can be a, you know, not wave at the same time, then something can be true and not true at the same time, (laughs) possibly. But but anyway, there's so much that, that happens that's not true. And there's so much that we've been fed that it's just like, just fits a narrative. If it's a narrative and then like a lot of times it's for profit, you know, like, you know, and then you don't have to get me and don't even get me on, on Christianity right now. I just, uh, but anyway, what I, what I wanted to talk about just briefly, this probably won't be very long, but then, you know, I get into these things and I just carry on about something. But I remember when when I was young, I, you know, I suffered, uh, really, I really suffered a lot of my life. A lot of my life I suffered. Uh, I, I didn't really know what ailed me. I, I didn't know if I had depression or just anxiety or anxiety and depression. Uh, and I was really looking for answers. I just, it just sort of, 
it wasn't that I couldn't get out of bed. I mean, I forced myself out of bed. I mean, most days. I mean, <laughs> when I got older, if I had something happening in my life that was really undesired, you know, there were times where I couldn't get out of bed for three days. And I remember that. Um, but in my in my youth, I, I didn't miss school or I didn't, you know, but I I really suffered and I and I admittedly had this expectation that the people around me were going to be dedicated to my happiness. And which fails you every time. It just it just fails you, you know. I mean, I think it's important to to keep your eyes open about the way that you feel around somebody and 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 if you are happy around this person. <laughs> but see, that wouldn't have been something that I would have like even considered. I wouldn't have considered that because I didn't have the wisdom to do that. And so I was more you know, focused on, okay, what are you doing for me right now for me to be happy? You know, and like, you're not, you're not behaving correctly and I'm not happy and it's your fault that I'm not happy. Putting, putting, you know, the responsibility on everything outside of myself, including God. It's like, you know, I don't understand why, you know, um, you know, and tell me what to do to be happy. Like, tell me, you know, what to do with my life, you know, until I got the the blatant message, you know, make up your mind what you want with your life. And, and during all of this, I, I would talk to my mother. I don't know, like, I don't know to what extent, I don't know, I don't remember, like, all the ins and outs of it, but I would talk to my mother, and she would always tell me, we're only entitled to the pursuit of happiness. She would say that. We're only entitled to the pursuit of happiness, and I thought that was, I thought that was, that just left me just so wanting. I was just like, well, that sucks. I'm only entitled to the pursuit of happiness. I'm not entitled to happiness. Um, but I sort of went through happy events in my life. You know, so I would be happy, you know, when something big happened. And then I would go into this kind of unhappy period of time. And then something big, you know, really cool would happen. And then I would be happy for a while. And um, I... I just suffered and I, and I paid for a whole hell of a lot of counseling that was really ineffective. Uh, I, I did all kinds of things. I, and I, at some point I did, I went on an antidepressant and the antidepressant was really, um, was really effective of getting me out of my body. And, and I, and it was an effective tool for me. I mean, not to say that I was happy, but I wasn't unhappy. I was just in some ways sort of existing, but like not because I remember those were really great years of my life. But at some point, uh, it was twofold. I mean, I didn't want to be on the medication for the rest of my life, but also I was, 
I was hearing from what I call my entourage, you know, you, you got to get off that because we need you awake. We got to, you know, so they, I was helped and it was horrible getting off of, I was on Paxil. It was horrible. And I actually, it was interesting during that time I, I went, I was on YouTube, uh, watching people getting off that medication and it was ominous. It was like, people do not easily get off this drug. And I'm just saying that. And they don't really put that in the fine print. Uh, but so then I get off this pill and then I'm, I'm, I, I can say that it was the first time in my life where I actually did have sustained happiness. I did. I started to have longer periods of time of just being happy. And, and you know, Part of that, part of, of, of the happiness factor for me was being really present in a moment. Like, one of the things that I did a lot was I, I had this kind of meter in my head between 1 to 100. I don't know why I had that, but it was a hun- 1 to 100. And, and I would be in a moment. As, and I would think, where am I on this scale? And I, you know, and I was just like, I mean, like, say it was like 90. That's pretty good. 90, you know. Um, and I would notice these tiny, tiny, minuscule improvements. Like, like yesterday, it was 88, but today it's 90. And I, and so I would be in a moment and I would, I would sit there and I would think to myself, is there anything that would make this moment better? Like anything, I would think of anything. And, and I started to notice that a lot of times there wasn't a thing that would make that moment better. I started to notice that. And, and so, and so I started to just sort of be happiness. And I'm not going to say like, I'm perfectly happy every second of every day. I mean, it, it kind of fluctuates a little bit, but I'm happy a lot of the time, which is why I think sometimes I'm so bothered by being bumped out of my happy place. I'm so, like, like just giving you an example, and this wasn't extreme, but so I was on my way to the wedding, and it was in a part of Phoenix that I've never been to. I, I've never been on this certain highway. I've never been in this certain neighborhood. Um, and I was, I was getting late. I was getting to be late for a wedding, you guys. I was so upset, and I... I was feeling all this angst and I'm in all this traffic and, and I, the angst of the traffic, it it was just this really kind of icky feeling to me. I hate rushing. 
I hate that feeling of, I know that's an extreme word and I shouldn't say that. I dislike rushing. (laughs) I don't like that feeling of being rushed. Like I'm going to be late. And, and I, I was rushing. I was like, I did not want to be late to this wedding. And so, and I also didn't have any time to freshen up because I had gone from one thing to the next that day. And I, I didn't have a chance to like fix my makeup or, or brush my hair or, you know, I just went as I was, which is something that I don't often do. <laughs> I usually brush my hair. Um, but, but I, I, and so I had like this, this double thing. I didn't feel prepared and I, and I was rushing and, you know, and it wasn't horrible in that moment, but it just was kind of this, this icky feeling. And so I get so uncomfortable with the icky feeling because I'm so happy so much of the time that I just, I would, I want to be happy. I want to choose to be happy. So, and it's, so I'm so, it's like, it, it begs the question. Okay. So how do you choose to be happy? I mean, like, you know, and, and there's, there's a few things like, like, like truly focusing on what's good, like focusing on what's right, what's focusing on what is going well in my life, focusing on what is, what is, you know, what is happening in the moment that is, that is lovely. Focusing on that, I think there's this, you know, I'm not into the Bible, but I think that, that, that there is some scripture about that focusing on what is good rather than focusing on on the negative and so this is a practice this became a practice of mine I've been doing this for many years but I mean I especially the last four years but but I just focusing my way into happier thoughts until like I, I was sitting in my, my morning meditation and I'm like, you know, I'm happy like like a whole 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 lot of the time. I really am. And I started to think about how this is actually our natural state. I mean if you look at most babies, I'm not gonna say all babies, because some babies have something going on, but but most babies transition through their emotions much more quickly than we do. We we just tend to hold on to things a lot longer, our unhappiness. You know, it's like we get the wrong meal and we stew on it all day long. You know, whereas a baby, you know, transitions through all these emotions all day very quickly you know and then this goes on through about the first year of life and then the second year of life like becomes troublesome because they're into everything and adults get very unhappy with that they they get unhappy with having to chase this person around and all the messes and and they're and they're, you know, 
and then all this angst about them getting hurt and so we instill all this like fear and angst and everything and then you know by the time the child is five years old they're not always a happy little camper because because they've been indoctrinated into like this world is scary this world is you know angry this world is you know kind of yelling at me a lot and saying no I can't do this I can't do that there's all these rules you know I mean <laughs> but the natural state of which we come here is is that of of transitioning through these emotions and like little babies are really kind of cool little critters I mean they just kind of sleep and then they wake up and they smile and they laugh and yeah they cry a little bit <clears throat> they don't know how else to tell you they're hungry or something's wrong <clears throat> so I think in some ways unhappiness is learned and then you have like all the added joy of school and other people and other students who are miserable in their own life and socializing and um, the world, TV, advertisements. I mean, breaking out of this cycle of the indoctrination of unhappiness is very, very challenging. <laughs> very challenging and so and then as you get older you know they got this whole this whole grouping of pharmaceuticals to, to whatever ails you you know whatever ailment that has been put upon us as that that's what life is life is suffering this is like some kind of purgatory, you know, and if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to die and go to hell. Anybody who doesn't believe this way, you know what I mean? Like it, just the indoctrination of unhappiness, you know, and then my happiness is in this God who would smite me if I, if I say a curse word. So, <laughs> and so I, you know, so I list all these reasons to be unhappy. And then like, I mean, the news cycle is just a nightmare. I, I don't really watch it, but I, I got to tell you, I got on TikTok yesterday and I just couldn't believe my ears with what is going on with some, some, a particular situation. There's a couple of situations going on on TikTok right now with, creators that I follow and I'm paying attention to that I, I'm just like dumbfounded. I just don't even know what to say. Um, but it is, it is not a place that I want to be. This is not what I'm, I'm about. This isn't, I, I don't want any part of that. You know, not that I don't love them, you know, I mean, the version of them they let us know about. It's not that I, you know, I wish them well. But 
We can just get so locked in to a certain way of just being. Of just being in the world and just have habit habits, the habit of just finding everything in the world to just complain about. This and that, and just putting out all kinds of just complaints about everything. And then we draw in more things to complain about. And so, <clears throat> and so I think. So I'm going to kind of describe this a little bit in, in, I wasn't a perfect parent. I wasn't. I, I like to think of myself as a really good parent. I think I was an exceptionally good parent, but I was not perfect. But I was a good parent. And I brought my kids up differently. And I remember I got a lot of flack from my family, including my mother. My mother was just like, she was like, I just, I just can't believe you just let your kids just roam, like just be. And, and she's like, she, she, my mother put me in a playpen. I was in a playpen for a lot of my life. She said, you loved your playpen. You used to sit in there and, and your sisters wouldn't bother you and you had your toys and you were happy. And I mean, like, to me, that is just kind of horrifying. Like, I can't, I don't even know how many hours of my childhood that I was sitting in a playpen. But I let my kids just really roam and I let them, I let them, they had a whole lot of freedom, a whole lot of freedom. My my oldest son was he was diagnosed autistic kind of late. He was um he was around four years old when he when he got an an official diagnosis of PDD NOS pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified. Basically, they're not really sure, so they're not going to assign a real name to it. And um, he, I. I just sort of let him be. I just let him jump on the trampoline for extended periods of time. And I let him, you know, play with sticks. And I let him, I just, you know, and and like the common thought at the time was that you need to stop that. You need to stop that. That is stemming and it's bad and children should not be engaging in that activity. And I, I, I just, I could not, I couldn't control him. I just couldn't. I I didn't have, first off, enough, enough power within myself to, because by the time he was five years old, I mean, this kid, he was like a, he was a big five-year-old. My child is like nearly six foot tall now, you know, and, and even when he was little, he was just powerful and I, I couldn't contain him. And so the best thing that I could do would be to allow him to engage in activities that would calm him. 
Like, and so, it sounds really weird, but trampolining calmed him. But when he got into school, <clears throat> they, the special ed people all thought, had different ideas about things. And they, they said, you know, he spends too much time on the swing. And I was just like, so? Well, he should be engaging in all kinds of activities. And I'm like, Why? Why should he be doing other things besides swinging if he likes to swing? Like, why? Like, <clears throat> and, and it all kind of boils down to, like, what, it, what comes to mind for me right in this moment is freedom. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on in this country right now about quote-unquote freedom. Um, I'm going to talk about it because this thing happened. On Saturday, I, I was downtown in the town I live in. Oh, yes, I had gone to a bookstore to get something for my niece, my great niece. And I, and I was walking back, and all I can hear is this honking, like this, like, I don't even know how to describe the honking and then these, these, honest to God, I just, I can't even believe it when I say it out loud, but all of a sudden, all of these diesels, that they don't have their, their beds, but like the actual diesel part of the truck, are, are driving by with all of these American flags, and they're honking their horns. And they talk about freedom. But, I mean, honestly, what is freedom to one person is, is not necessarily freedom to someone else. <clears throat> and, and I felt like, I just felt this like intense feeling of, God, I mean, just the sound of the honking was just this, it was so annoying, like truly so annoying as it, I mean, it was right next to me and it was like penetrating through the bones of my body. And I'm just like, oh God, it was just so, ugh. and so his freedom to, I guess, assemble and let everyone know how he is going to be voting this year, hoping that he's going to influence me to vote the way he does with what I would perceive that he would think was an illegitimate election anyway. You know, his freedoms were really infringing <laughs> on um, my freedom to have peace in the moment. Just saying. So like this idea of freedom it is really, really weird because it that fluctuates from one person to the next. But I talk about freedom very in this sense, but I do not mean the freedom as in like a free-for-all to hurt people. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't believe in, in, in hurting other people. 
But I believe in freedom. Like, my children grew up with a whole hell of a lot of freedom. They did. And it, it's so weird because, you know, now I'm working, I'm working with these older children and like, and then they're talking about their parents and their parents are talking to me and we're all, you know, and I'm just sitting there and it's like, I never, I never took my children's cell phone away ever. I never like really punished them. I didn't punish my children. I, I just didn't. I mean, from the time that they were very, very, very young, I raised them, I guess, that our relationship was the most important thing. And so I respect you and you respect me, along with a whole hell of a lot of love. And and so my hope was that with this freedom that my children would be happy. And I can't say that my 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 kids are like perfectly happy. I I can't say that. But they seem because I mean I also did this other thing cuz I was also I I was a nervous wreck. I was very much in just surviving and keeping a roof over our head and having a job. And I, I mean, I was just, I was a wreck. I was a wreck as a mom. I'm, I'm going to admit that in some ways. And so I feel like I instilled in them a lot of, like, especially my daughter, like anxiety. I feel like that probably came from me. I have to, I have to own that. And, and she But I think that my kids were, in a lot of ways, very happy. Like, happier than other children that I saw that didn't have the freedom that they did. And my kids, you know, were just, I guess, good kids. They were just good kids. They, I know, I know sometimes that they didn't tell me the truth. They probably didn't tell me the truth more than I more than I even know about because I trusted them. Um, and then I just didn't even question them about some of this stuff because they were older and I felt like they were entitled to their own privacy. And so I just let it go, didn't confront them about it, which is so like weird, right? I mean, to this point, my children are not addicts. They haven't been in jail. They're like, they're like really good kids. And so I feel really proud of that. I feel like I did something. I did a really good job. But I didn't raise them from like even the time that they were very, very young in a conventional way to, to like boxing. And like we weren't always watching TV. That was another thing. We weren't always watching television and commercials and, you know, not that my kids didn't get their, their, their dose of social media. You know, I mean, they were just, they're just really good kids. Um, and they just, we didn't get it. I mean, every once in a while we had an argument, you know, that 
hopefully it didn't get too heated. I don't really remember them verbatim, but every once in a while, like, like two, and that was between kids. Although <laughs> I'm laughing because um, my daughter and I did start to argue a little bit before she went off to college that summer. We were arguing quite a bit because it was really weird. I mean, I do have some expectations. I have this expectation. I want to know where you are. If you're, if you're living under my roof, I want to know where you are. And I think that is just common knowledge, common courtesy. Like, and I, I, what I say to them, I said, you know, you know, mom goes out and I, I go listen to music. And I mean, what if I just didn't come home? What if I just didn't come home? Like, what would you guys do? They'd be freaking out. Like, you know, when you live in a household, you just kind of, I want to know that you're okay. It's not rocket science to, to just send me a little text message letting me know what's up. So that was my, that was, I guess if I had a rule, it was that. But there, you know, I mean, we also had rules about just being, talking kindly and being, not that we didn't lose our frap sometimes, because we did, but Anyway, I'm going on and on and on about really nonsense. But what I'm trying to talk say is that I feel like the, the, my, the difference, in, because the children of my, my children's happiness meant more to me than anything else. I remember that. I remember talking about that. Like I, I mean, I cared about school, but I didn't really care about school. I didn't really care about their grades. I, you know, I mean, I was like, yeah, school, but I, I really just want my kids to be happy. I just, I just want them to be happy. And I feel like I did a really good job at that. It's not perfect. Their lives aren't perfect, but. And so by example, now, now by example, I am, I'm, I am learning to be happy and I'm happy a whole lot of the time. And so they're looking at me and they're, they also have, have the added bonus of being around me and, and, you know, what our conversations are like compared to conversations with other people and what it's like just being around me, you know, just, you know, just the feeling that they get when they're with me. They get, they get the bonus of that just as an example of a possibility and that they may want to emulate it. And if they want to emulate it, they just do what I do. And so my point is that I think that we've been hugely misled. I think that society, I think that people have a whole lot of stake financially in our unhappiness. And, and unhappy people are easier to control and easier to manipulate. And I, and I just think that we have been indoctrinated to unhappiness. And I, and I just challenge that idea with that I think that our natural state is actually happiness. 
just, I mean, if you look at, at people in other, I don't know, and I, I'm going to speak out of ignorance, so I don't think I'm even going to say it, but I think if you were to look in other countries, that other countries not, might be happier than we are, and they, they the factors in that are partly just that their countries and their ideologies are not set up the way ours is. And so they're just happier. But anyway, so I would argue that happiness is actually our natural state. <laughs> we are not just entitled to the pursuit of happiness. We are entitled to happiness itself. Then we just have to learn how to be happy and how to go against that that the tide go against the the grain of unhappiness it's like you're going in the opposite direction and it's challenging but it can be done <laughs> anyway i'm going to end this podcast I hope this one is better than the last one I did. <laughs> God. Anyway, I appreciate you listening. And I'll be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.